0: This is Josh Kanak, and I'm a sales agronomist in CHS Ag Services in Hazel, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear a report from Sierra Doctor as well. Well, cold air gripping the nation uh, uh, this morning. We're seeing single digits, uh, mostly across the uh, eastern Dakotas, uh, and then uh, some teens as you work your way west toward Montana and also into Minnesota this morning. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says that is a concern for the winter wheat crop that is already struggling with dry conditions.
2: We're looking at a pretty slow pace of any further development for winter wheat virtually coast to coast, including southern production areas. It is susceptible to winter kill with freeze damage.
1: And Rippey says that cold air will hang around through the weekend.
2: We've got a strong high pressure system over the west, creating some air stagnation issues where the cold air is just trapped in the valley locations. A lot of fog, freezing fog, low air quality. And then as you move to the east, it's just plain cold across the plains, the Midwest, and even into the south. So we have had these significant cold outbreaks on several occasions so far this autumn, and mid-November being no exception to that.
1: Light snow flurries and snow showers are on radar this morning in western North Dakota, stretching all the way up into central Ma- uh, Manitoba, and another system uh, down in southwestern Minnesota this morning. Rainfall across much of Argentina during the past week will allow for rapid planting. World Weather Incorporated says rainfall totals were enough to improve topsoil moisture to get that crop started. However, subsoil moistures remain very short, so follow-up rains will be needed. Temperatures in Argentina through Saturday expected to be warm, mostly in the 80s and 90s, and that will allow for a slow deterioration of topsoil moisture. North Dakota's corn harvest, 96% done, according to the USDA Weekly Crop Progress Report. Red River Farm Network, Farm broadcaster Sierra. Doctor has more.
3: North Dakota Corn Council Executive Director Gene Henning is happy with how corn harvest turned out in North Dakota.
4: So uh, what I'm hearing on quality on test weight is that we're looking in the high 50s. Uh, most people that I've talked to are, you know, we're between 55 and 60 on test weight, uh, which gets us into that number two yellow corn, which we're happy about. Uh, so no test weight issues. And then yields, I'm hearing about 143, which is uh, the average. And, you know, when we consider the drought uh, last year, we had yields of 105. And so 143 gets us back to our average. Average yield, uh, and so we're pretty happy with that. That's overall. Uh, it was a pretty good year, a pretty good crop. Um, of course, uh, you know we would have loved to have seen more rain, as as I think most people in the country would have. But we're we're grateful for the crop that we have.
3: Henning thinks North Dakota could see an increase in corn acres for 2023
4: you know what i'm seeing is i think uh farmers are going to be pretty much plant their rotation uh, i think we'll get back the acres that we lost last spring from for all those prevent plant acres. Our acres were down about a million acres. We normally plant about 3.8 million acres in the state. We planted 2.7. So I'm expecting and hoping uh, that we'll have a pretty good spring and that will get the farmers in and uh, we can reduce our amount of prevent plant uh, and get our acres back to normal. So I would, I would assume that we will go back, you know, anywhere between that 3.5 and 4 million acres, which is our normal acreage that we run. I think farmers are going to get back to the their their normal rotation, weather permitting.
3: Reporting Agriculture's Business, I'm Sierra Doctor. On the Red River Farm Network.
1: USDA released the 2022 Rural America at a Glance report this week. report looks at recent population trends, changing structure of economic sectors, labor force, job growth in rural areas. USDA economic researcher Jim Davis says rural population demographics have been changing.
0: The main findings from the report are first that the rural population is aging and also that the working age population has declined over the last decade. The second main finding is that industry job reallocation has moved jobs out of traditional mainstay rural industries, such as agriculture, manufacturing, and retail. And with the job growth has occurred more in services industries, such as healthcare, hospitality, and services. And then finally, the rural workforce has become more racially and ethnically diverse over the last
1: few years. And the report also points out that despite fewer jobs in agriculture and retailer, output of the those industries continues to increase. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. South Dakota's corn crop was a little bit below average yields. South Dakota Corn Executive Director Danita Murray says moisture continues to be a problem as well.
3: You know, I think there are parts last week, late last week, of the northern uh, deer in, in the state, at least in the northeast, that... Got a nice soaking rain, you know, before the hard freeze set in over. Kind of heading into the weekend, so that while I would not say that was a game changer, it certainly that's that's really helpful for next spring as as growers look ahead. You know, that didn't happen everywhere, but uh, hopefully this fall uh, and early winter has a lot of moisture because that would that would be tremendously helpful as producers look forward.
1: And Murray is expecting corn acres to remain relatively steady next year in South Dakota.
3: I think prices are certainly still in a range that support corn production and farmers being able to make, you know, that choice on on what they, they do with their acres. That said, you know, it's undeniable that at some point growers will simply, based on input costs and the price they can get in the market, will simply choose to plant something else where that nexus is, uh, I, I don't know that at this point.
1: Soybean processing capacity in the United States is on the fast track for growth. There's been 24 announcements for new or expanding soybean crush plants. American Soybean Association Chief Economist Scott Gerlt says the most prominent advantage would be a better basis for farmers.
5: Farmers should see better basis um, around these areas. These plants are going to need uh, more soybeans so more local demand means a uh, better basis for soybean farmers so um, you know we we view this as a great thing um, and it, it has the potential to trade some of the flows um that we've tradition, traditionally seen um i like to point out north dakota which has had very little processing capacity in the state um
0: you
5: know they're looking at several new plants and so in historically they've pretty much sent all of their soybeans by rail over to the pacific northwest where it's been exported Um, Now there's the opportunity to really process a lot more of that locally, get better basis, um, and use that oil within the state.
1: Geralt says there are plans for port expansions to support soy crush plans. U.S. farmers currently produce more soybeans to supply all of the new plants, plus surplus for export.
5: We've historically exported about half of the soybean crop um, as as whole soybeans. When you add meal and oil, it's more than that. you know, even, even with this expansion, there's still a lot of, um, a lot of potential exports of whole beans. Even if we didn't increase by another acre or increase yields by another bushel, um, you know, you can, you can make the math work. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I'm not concerned about having enough soybeans, um, to, to fulfill the demand here. There's, there's plenty.
1: Minnesota Corn Growers Association joining other state corn grower organizations and the National Corn Growers Association in urging the U.S. Trade Representative's Office to seek a trade action against Mexico's proposed 2024 ban on biotech corn. Minnesota Corn Growers Association President Richard Severson says the ban on biotech corn is a trade barrier that really is not allowed under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement.
0: We have a U.S. MCA, the United States-Mexico-Canadian trade agreement, that addresses uh, non-tariff trade barriers, and this kind of tends to fall into that category. So we're really uh, trying to work with the... uh, with the appropriate authorities uh, to challenge this.
1: Severson says there is currently not enough time or infrastructure to comply with Mexico's ban, even if it were allowed to continue.
0: The Obrador of Mexico has proposed uh, that no biotech corn or corn treated with glyphosate would be allowed after 2024. Well, as anybody in the farming industry knows, we're ordering seed for 2023 which would be the corn that would be sold in 2024 right now. And there isn't any volume of non-biotech corn seed to be had. And even if we could plant it and grow it, I don't think the capacity exists within our grain handling system to segregate it properly so that it would pass the tests uh, once it got to Mexico. Um, I think uh, we just need to work through the uh, regulatory and the legal and the uh, trade uh, policy people so that we can uh, uh, address this before it becomes a a huge um, barrier to trade.
1: You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Well, coming off a growing season like we had this past year, Pioneer Field Agronomist J.J. Jennings says, "Look at multiple years of data when you're selecting seed for next season." I think the biggest take-home is
2: you can't judge performance based off of one year. I think you know, you know, picking varieties can be an emotional decision. There's no doubt about that, but. You've got to remember you can't just base everything off of one year's worth of data. Uh, like I said, sit down with your, with your pioneer grounders, sit down with your pioneer representative, and really go through multiple years' worth of data to try to make the best decision. Because as we full well know, you know 2023 can look drastically different than 2022. So uh, just being able to, to uh, sit down with them and, and go through the data is definitely something we like to do this type of year.
1: And Janning says the modern seed technology does make a difference.
2: Yeah, it sure does. I tell you what, these hybrids these days—the you know, the drought tolerance on them, the stress emergence, uh, the improved stocks, the improved
1: roots—are uh, just
2: able to better withstand some of these environments that are being thrown at us. I mean, there's, like I said, it's—it's uh, it's no secret. Last two years, we've had some exceptional droughts in these areas, and—and and, uh, you know, some of these hybrids have definitely really pulled pulled through some of these some of these key challenges and have produced some pretty impressive results.
1: Checking markets before we leave you this morning. We're seeing December wheat Minneapolis down 16.5 cents, 957 and a half. March is down 15 cents at 967.5. Chicago December wheat down 21 and a quarter at 807. And Kansas City, December wheat down 16 and 3 quarters at 946 and a quarter. December corn down seven and a half at 659 and a quarter. March down eight at 661 and a quarter. January soybeans are down thirteen and three quarter cents at fourteen forty three and a half, and March soybeans are down thirteen and three quarters at fourteen forty eight. January canola is down seven dollars seventy cents a metric ton at eight eighty six ninety Canadian. At overnight session we're seeing the Dow trade a bit higher. Dollar index is down about three hundred and fifty-five basis points here this morning, gold and a little bit higher as well. On the farm calendar. The 16th Annual Canola Research Conference today gets underway 8 o'clock this morning. It'll be at NDSU Memorial Union Hall. There's also an online version of that. If you want to take part in that, contact the canola growers uh, for that Zoom link if, if needed. Coming up on Friday, that's Thursday rather, the 17th, the North Dakota Stockmen's Association's Seed Stock Council virtual webinar. That gets underway tomorrow evening, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Elsewhere on the calendar, the uh, Independent Beef Association of North Dakota iBand having their annual convention November 18th and 19th, Friday and Saturday. South Dakota Farm Bureau holding its 105th annual convention, the 18th and 19th. That's in Rapid City. The Minnesota uh, Farm Bureau Federation's annual meeting, uh, that's the 104th annual meeting, and that uh, starts tomorrow and runs out through Saturday uh, in uh, Bloomington, Minnesota. NDFB hosting their state convention the 18th and 19th in Bismarck. Minnesota Farmers Union also underway this weekend in Minneapolis. This is the Red River Farm Network.